millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. I was about to say good morning. <laughs> I realised <laughs> it's definitely not the morning, which I think sums up my morning. Oh no, mate, you're flat out, aren't you, at the minute? Oh, do you know what it is? We like we've got so much on, like with Made by Mamas, which is amazing. And then I obviously do my freelance stuff, and there's lots on, which is great. And then we've also had like it's been my mum's 60th birthday. We've got various weekends that we're going to be away and like all of this stuff and you know you're suddenly like I don't think my brain is actually functioning anymore. I totally know what you're saying and actually what I've started to do is half organize things so what I'm doing is like Kit's birthday's coming up so I was like oh brilliant so I contacted the bouncy castle people I was like okay that's there but I haven't booked it I've got the entertainer <laughs> but she sent me an inv- like a, a thing a sheet to fill out oh, haven't done that yeah. so in my head I'm like I've sort of done it but I haven't completed it and that's what I'm doing with all the things in my- I'm basically being really rubbish at most of the things in my life at the moment same yes. exactly the same here I mean I sent Gigi to school with Axel's book bag today. Oh, and, I saw that. Like, bearing in mind she can't read, obviously, she's two, and she doesn't have a football kit that she went went to school with today. Basically, she had all of Axel's stuff and he had yeah. nothing. Um, so, yeah, you know, this that's just how, how I am right now. Winging it and winging it badly. Do you know what I loved is that people on, on Made by Mamas were sending us um, direct messages going, Axel can add that one of the things that you've done wrong to his list. <laughs> he can add it to the list and hold me accountable for the rest of my life. <laughs> is Axel turning into Judgy James slightly? Yeah, he is. Yes, he absolutely yes. is Judgy James, definitely. Yeah. Like, he'll, he comments on everything I do. Like, oh, mummy... <laughs> You haven't brushed your teeth yet. Normally you say that we should brush our teeth and then come downstairs. I'm like, oh my God. Oh hey, how about God. I make the decisions for yeah. my life? You how tiny about human? I just change my mind, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, I love you. If any of this is ringing true in your lives as well, you're our people, okay? Um, you are. Listen, we do need to get into today's chat because um, a really lovely conversation actually with um, somebody that I've been watching on the telly for about 15 <gasps> years. She is the person that's kind of got me through the afternoons of pregnancy and um, of the early days of, of, you know, having the newborn bubble because I just would sit and watch her and dream of being in a hot country and not being chained to a sofa with a tiny baby. Yeah. Um, Do you know, it's one of those people who you feel like you know 
know already mm. because mm. you've watched them for so long. And like you say, you've watched them in those moments of like quiet time, maybe yeah. like in the afternoons. I, I remember me and my mum watching the programme like so much. Yeah. Um, so it was lovely. Or if you're hungover. <laughs> yeah, hungover. You put her on in the afternoons. I mean, yeah, just any kind of daytime when you're chilling, watching. I mean, I don't get to do that anymore, but I will. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, we need to help Georgia today. We need to help her. Hopefully yeah. this this uh, this chat will help her out. George, <laughs> who are we talking to today? We are chatting to TV presenter Jasmine Harmon. I have a very strong feeling that this is going to be a gorgeous chat. Um, this lady is somebody that Georgia and I, as I said, have been watching on our screen. She's just told us that she's been presenting A Place in the Sun for 18 years, which is Amazing. absolutely unbelievable. But I think you'll all agree listening that watching Jasmine on the telly is kind of like a warm hug, always smiling and, de- and making dreams as well. Not only yeah. is she juggling the most monster of careers as well, she's also got two gorgeous children, uh, Joy and Albion. And she met her husband because he was one of the cameramen on the show. He was. So we're going to yes. ask her all about that. Welcome to the podcast, Jasmine Harmon. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm actually blushing. <laughs> I mean, most people can't see Jasmine right now because you'll be listening but she looks so tan and glowy but oh, how yeah. actually are you how are you yeah I'm good I mean it has been such a weird time over the last couple of years for me work-wise kids you know being not being able to go to school properly all the time like my daughter's mm. school closed last week for three days um which was another bit of a nightmare because I was away and you know so it's you know I won't lie and say oh yeah everything's roses because it isn't and you know people do sometimes you know see people who are in the public eye and think oh their life is so glamorous yeah I've literally just (laughs) quickly done my hair put a bit of slap on um after having a pretty hectic morning running around this morning just doing really unglamorous things that's the realities of being a mum it is the reality of being a parent you know we're still sort of muddling through on a place in the sun we're managing to find ways to make it work um to be able to make the show and you know over lockdown uh, so many people have been in touch and said you know, a place in the sun kept us going through lockdown. I just feel really grateful to have been able to continue to work. And, you know, although it was a bit off and on with traveling sometimes, um, and to be able to have what feels like now coming out the other end of it. um, And, you know, hopefully the kids have managed to, to, to sort of get to grips with everything that's going on. But I think it's been extremely hard for children as well. Yeah. What sort of uh, what sort of a mum I guess have you been during the lockdown period and 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 are you one of those people that is able to kind of keep your cool and and were you able to sort of deal with them being at home all the time or were you slightly like Georgia and I a bit more <laughs> I say me it's I say Georgia and I it's mainly me a bit more hot-headed <laughs> about me, the situation yeah. where you're always calm George I appear calm. The first lockdown I just opted out of doing any homeschooling whatsoever and I had instead devised a sort of little rewards chart with the children and doing things like, you know, they gave themselves a star if they had been happy that day or if they'd been helpful or if they'd done something, you know, some reading or, you know, they did some screen learning. So they had about 20 different things on there that were all of our own design. They responded really well to that because they, you know, 
at the end of the week, if they had 100 stars, then I would let them have a treat of something wow. they wanted. 100 stars? <laughs> yeah, so there were 20 things on each day. And sometimes they would get, you know, healthy eating, for example. Um, there was all kinds of things on there. I'm sure I can dig it out somewhere. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll <laughs> publish it for other people to use. But, you know, so we had a really fun time for that first lockdown. I wasn't working um, for obvious reasons. I couldn't travel. And so we were at home just having fun. The weather was nice. You know, we were just doing our own thing. Mm. When the second lockdown came and the school was much more ready for homeschooling and there was a lot more sort of the homeschooling sort of side of things going on, I did not cope very well with no. homeschooling. I, I think I, I was really hard on myself and really hard on the kids um, because of trying to keep up with it all yeah. and trying to have one of them on one side of the room doing something and the other one on the other side of the room. And because of their, their own individual personalities and ways of working, you know, my daughter likes to take her time with things and she's quite a perfectionist and she wanted to do everything really well. So something that maybe should have been allocated an hour would sometimes take her three or four days. <laughs> oh, gosh. And uh, yeah, so yeah. you feel my pain. Whereas my son was like, all right, this is fine. He'll do this. Like he, he was in year, was he in reception? So his work was much shorter. And so he would just do it and get on with it and then go, can I, can I play on the computer now? Can I use my iPad? Can I, you know, mm. watch telly? Having to cope with that bit of it as well. Yeah. And I say, no, you can't really, because your sister's still doing hers and it's going to distract her. But then he never got a proper break from it because yeah. I was trying to find other things for him to do so homeschooling was uh, the sort of closest thing to hell on earth <laughs> oh my gosh we we say that all the time I, yeah. I remember vividly one day my eldest who's also a um uh, my stepdaughter she came in and she, I was doing a podcast and she came in and she went sorry to interrupt and she's so polite and I said yeah Isla what's wrong she goes well Kit has bitten Luna and is now doing a wee in the corner of the room and I can't do long uh, multiplication and I was like I cannot <laughs> fucking do this I remember this <laughs> hell this is like a zoo <laughs> no that is if you have more than if you have one child it's difficult but if you've got more than one child and you're trying mm. to homeschool them and you've got more than one teacher on your back I think I would have probably burst like I had a, yeah. I've got, at the time I had a reception age child as well and so I was a little bit like with my son like oh does it really you know does it really matter if we don't <laughs> do this but then I had an 18 month climbing over when he was sat on his zooms and yeah. now I look back I think what what was I so worried about like you know a few a few months of like not really learning much hasn't really yeah. caused him any harm but at the time I was so cross with my daughter and of course she's like 18 months like yeah. she didn't know any really difference she, yeah. no she didn't want no, to exactly. wave to his mates on the screen um but, oh, don't. Now I look, that was like a year ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there was pressure from different things as well because there was obviously, um, you know, the school wanted to provide enough learning for the children. But I think also, you know, on the WhatsApp groups with all the other parents and who's done this and has anyone done this? And I'm like, I haven't done anything. I didn't even have a printer. And that's what used to wind me up. Everyone, look at everything I've printed. I used to be like, well, I can't even get a printer because they're all sold out now and there's no ink. They're all sold out, yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it was a disaster. So I was really, really loved it when they were able to go back to school. And they really loved it as well because, you know, it 
it's so hard for for them to not be able to socialize and be with yeah. their friends as they would normally would and um and i think that you know you can have too much of a good thing i always say that when i go off to work and i get on a plane and go somewhere abroad and now obviously my children used to come with me all the time before they were school age but now I can't take them out of school to take them with me but I go to work for a rest <laughs> yes we all do that we do it's brilliant I skip out of the door like bye da, 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 down the street just it's lovely it's really lovely I bloody love my kids and but you know it is really really hard work when you're trying to do everything for yeah. them and you're trying to you know I, I mean I feel really really you know lucky that I wasn't working at the time because for those parents who were working from home and homeschooling and dealing with all the rest of everything else you know that yeah that's just killer much. really killer but then again you say that and you know these are all pretty sort of minor problems and stresses compared to other things going on in the world so in a way I sort of say to myself well, what are you moaning about just shut up I know but this is yeah. the podcast that you can moan on we're allowed to moan this is a you safe space on this podcast moaning. yeah <laughs> Jasmine can we take you back to your childhood because you had a really kind of interesting upbringing you are one of how many siblings so initially so from my parents relationship there are four of us so I was the eldest of four um but when I uh, when I was much older when I was you know, and in a young adult, my parents separated, and they have both had um, other children. So I've got now my mum's got um, my younger brother, and my dad's got a, a girl and a boy as well. So there's seven of us siblings now. Wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah. So I've got lots of people to boss around. <laughs> <laughs> Being the eldest, you know. <laughs> and so, as the eldest, do you think that? You, did you did you play a part in like helping to bring your siblings up? Do you do you know where did you, were you like the mother figure in any way? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I mean, when my when my sister Mimi was born, um, I was seven and a half, and she was my baby. Like, she slept yeah. in my room. I wouldn't let my mum have her. Uh, she was she she still I still if I write her a birthday card I still write love from Mummin because she used to call me Mummin instead of Jasmine. And oh. so we still have that going on and she's 38 now. And uh, so, you know, it's, yeah, I definitely, I really, really, really liked nurturing the little ones. And also when, when my sister was born, I used to take my brothers to school when I was seven and a half, eight, eight years old. It was only, the school was only around the corner, yes. but that was, you know. That was a normal thing. Can you thing imagine then. your daughter doing that now? To be honest, she's very grown up, so I probably could, but I would never allow it. <laughs> she would quite easily step up to the plate and do it. Do you think you've taken stuff from your childhood and and taken it into how you parent now? Because when I look back on my childhood, there's definitely things that I'm trying to, you know, things that things that really worked that I can remember and things that necessarily didn't work. And obviously w one thing I try and focus on is kind of staying calm because like my mom mm. was very much like up and down rah, like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I do well at that and sometimes I f fall on my ass with it. So what, what were your kind of sort of memories from it? And how, how do you parent in, in, in a different way to that? My parents were quite chilled and we had quite a lot of freedom as kids and, I try to give that to my children as well, but there were a lot of big emotions, lots and lots and lots of love and also, you know, outbursts from parents as well as from kids. <laughs> and that kind of has continued, unfortunately, yeah. um, because 
it's really hard to change the cycle of the parenting style that you had. And yeah, I love all the you know, books, you know, Sarah Ockwell Smith, who's a parenting author, yes. she's just brought out a new book called How to Be a Calm Parent, which I was like straight away on the list of, of that. And, and you know, Izzy Judd has got the her mindfulness for mums. You know, I've got all of that. I buy into all of that. But I definitely don't always remember <laughs> to use those strategies in the moment. Mm. And yeah, that's when it all ends up going pear-shaped because you you know when you shout at the kids when really you could have taken a much a, a different approach and like this morning for example I shouted at them to stop shouting at me and the irony of that was like oh, what am I doing yeah yeah I do it's like one one raises their voice then the next person gets louder the next person gets louder and in the end everyone is screaming and no one can yeah. hear each other and you're not really getting anywhere. it's really stressful and we all know this it's really really stressful yeah. I, I do I find it so stressful because on what in what other area of your life do you like you don't walk into work like I'm not walking into heart going Morning, everyone and then someone else yelling back at me I find the yelling and the shouting and the volume yeah. quite intense mm. yeah me too I you know but then again I'm some sometimes contributing to it and actually you know it is it's really hard and I freely admit that it's the hardest job that I have to do in my life and that because each thing that we're going through as parents it's my first time doing it yeah like, this is my first time having an eight-year-old girl I do ask for support from from the school or from other people that have been through it before and you know do do reading and try because I think I don't know what I'm doing I'm actually making this up on the spot, really. You know, yeah. I'm just sort of reacting in the same way that my mum probably would have reacted when I was a kid. And, you know, that maybe wasn't necessarily always the best, the, the way to get the best out of me as a kid. And not, and, and same, you know, the same applies for my kids. So, mm. yeah. And they're doing things for the first time. Can we just take you back to where the problems were maybe smaller when they were newborns, for instance. How, oh, when yeah, did yeah. you when did you f- decide? You me- you mentioned that you know you'd always been quite maternal towards your sister and stuff. When did you decide you felt ready to be a parent? Actually, never thought I would have any maternal instincts. So I remember being much younger, maybe late teens, early twenties, and one of my best friends said to me, "I bet by the time you're thirty, you'll want kids." And I said, "No, I bet you're a tenner." I won't. And I reached my 30th birthday and I said to him, by the way, you owe me a tenner. Um, (laughs) And, but then I think I turned 32 and I had met John, my husband, we weren't married then, obviously. And we were traveling. We were in Malta, I think, working. And it was my birthday and he took me out for a lovely meal and I got, I had a bit too much to drink. And I said to him, you know, probably one of these days, maybe within the next year, I'm going to want to have a baby. And he was like, oh, okay. And then a year went past and it was my 33rd birthday. And he took me to, we were filming in America and he took me to New York for the weekend for a surprise. And he proposed on that trip. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So then I thought, well, I'm not going to have a baby now because obviously I want to get get into my wedding dress and blah, blah. So I thought we'll do that. And then we got married. We said, we'll have a year of married life before we start trying. So I think I was about 30 
34, 35, when we, I think it was 34 actually, when we decided we would try for a baby. Three years later, we started our IVF treatment because nothing was happening. Right. So at that point, I was like, oh, why did I leave it so late? Why was I so like not fussed about hurrying up with having kids? Yeah. But I wasn't. Yeah. So it was, I was two weeks off my 38th birthday when Joy was born. Wow. So it was from the time I decided I might want to do it at 32. So 38 was six years before. Can you talk to us about your IVF journey? Yeah, of course. It it was weird because at the time, you know, I I was quite, it felt quite, there there was a bit of stigma to it and I didn't really want to talk about it um, publicly. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, why why was I so sort of embarrassed about it all? Why was, it it really meant a lot to me when I was trying Mm. to get pregnant to do so naturally. And I had acupuncture and I had all these different, you know, things, you know, health supplements and did all these different techniques, you know, measuring my temperature and everything else. Because I really, 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 really wanted to get pregnant naturally. And then somebody asked me, why, why, why is it so important to you? And I was like, actually, I don't know. Mm. Well, so you were putting off having IVF because you so desperately wanted mm. it to happen naturally. So did, so did other people around you know you were trying? Were you yeah. quite open about that? Yeah. Yeah, amongst family. And um, I had, you know, I had a few issues with like a, an, um, an ovarian cyst and I had like a they called it a tumor but it was completely benign and they wanted to check that before we could go for IVF anyway so there were quite a lot of delays from our side as well as from medical side but ultimately um, I found the most amazing consultant a lady called Professor Gita Nagand and she was so just she she her I the way she does IVF is on all very mild doses of drugs and ah. and so it works in in tune with your own natural body cycles and she said even if you know someone's only got hardly got any egg reserves left and they might only have one egg and we'll scan them and scan them and scan them until that till that one is ready to be fertilized and then we'll do it without any drugs they could do it without drugs as well you know so it's it was really great and I had no side effects at all I was very lucky because I got pregnant at the first cycle Mm, and had three embryos frozen the next time we tried it didn't work out and then the third time we tried with a frozen another frozen embryo that was Albion and I always tell him that he was frozen (laughs) (laughs) frozen and thawed out yeah. yeah. And then and then the, the fourth one we also tried, but um it didn't survive thawing. So, you know, it wasn't completely plain sailing, but we are very grateful to have only had to have one cycle and have two yeah. lovely children. D- did they tell you why they thought it wasn't working? Or do you know why um it didn't work naturally between the two of you? Or was it just an anomaly? That's someone who hasn't had much sleep. They say that quite a large percentage of um infertility is unexplained. Mm. And so we had unexplained infertility and um we were just really lucky. I had, I remember going in for my first consultation with the clinic. It's called Create Health. And actually, Professor Gita Nagand is an, an amazing um, ambassador for affordable IVF because, as lots of people will know, it depends where you live, you know, if you, you're in that postcode lottery. And she does the, the, 
you know, she's just been such a great campaigner for making IVF accessible for every every family mm-hmm. that needs it. But um, I met her and she said, you know, you've got about a 30% chance of falling pregnant here in this situation. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. You know, I was completely blasé about it. And I said, no, 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 I'm definitely going to get pregnant this time. Don't, you know, don't worry about me. You sort your bit out, I'll sort me out. And she she said that nobody has ever really reacted like that to her before. And I just had this almost like a vision that I knew it was going to happen somehow. And luckily, it, you know, it did. I know that doesn't obviously happen for everybody, but I just, in my yeah. head, I wasn't even worried about it not working out because I kind of felt like it was. Hmm. Obviously, you know, that won't be the same for everybody, but it was for me, it was just like, I had yeah. no doubt. I didn't even realise that there were different types of IVF. Like you said that it was like mm. a lower dose. Of, I didn't even know that that w- was an option. I- I'd never heard of that before. A lot of the time, what happens in IVF is that um, you initially take drugs to stop your own menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And then you take drugs to create an artificial cycle where um, it's kind of controlled. And I didn't stop my natural cycle. I just waited until I was at the point in my cycle where I was um, ready. And I was taking, I was, I was having to do injections every day, but they were, they were about, I think they're about a quarter of the, uh, of the normal dose. So you didn't want to overstimulate my ovaries because that, that can also be dangerous for some women as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some cases where people might get 20 eggs I got eight which sort of seems you know from stimulating my ovaries a little bit and I got eight so you know and four of those fertilized and so it was you know quite a a good balance I thought yeah. and it was yeah. it, and I didn't have any side effects I didn't have any any sort of uncomfortable bloating or or that's anything right really so it's amazing we'll be right back after this short break Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? It's such a hard process, I think, because I've been through trying to do egg freezing and and Mm. for me the hardest part was going in to get scanned and watching the eggs there and they were going oh look you've got five five follicles five and then then coming a couple of days later oh no that that one's died 
well, that one's mm. gone. We can't use it. And then by the end of it, just having one left. I remember feeling, and I know that's a lot of people's reality as well, just walking out the clinic and they weren't going to go in and take just one. It was the most mm. heartbreaking thing. At that point, I'd been told oh. I'd never get pregnant. Naturally, I got pregnant naturally in a weird twist of wow. fate twice. Wow. But um, at that moment, that very moment, and I imagine going through that again and again and again and again and again, horrible. which is some people's reality is horrible. And like you said, mm. you know, you had that belief, didn't you, that it happened and it, and it did, which is... I did, but also I was, you know, I think if I had if I had gone again, I would have gone again, of course. Um, but it, and it wasn't just my own belief that made it happen. It was partly luck, partly having good, great, great people around me. And, you know, there are lots of different situations why people maybe are struggling to conceive. But um, for me, not having to have like really major side effects would have made it much easier if I'd had to go again. I wouldn't have been like thinking, I can't go through that again. It was too Mm. hard on my body or, Mm. you know, I just didn't, you know, all the sorts of side effects you hear about from like depression or weight gain or, Mm. you know, just being really uncomfortable in your own body. Um, I, I didn't have any of that. And I, I really attribute that to mild IVF. It was sort of my, like my next best thing. I, I, I gave up on the idea of getting pregnant naturally when I realized that there was, what, what, why was I so attached to that idea? Yes. But then yeah. when I was pregnant, I also had the idea that I wanted to have a home birth. Just about to ask you this. Yeah. 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 Where was your head at when you became pregnant? Because did you have the same feelings around the IVF and wanting to do it naturally uh, around yeah. the birth as well? Yeah, totally. So I signed myself up for the home birth midwife (laughs) who looked after me throughout my whole pregnancy and um obviously I was quite quite uh, what do they call it elderly prima gravida um (laughs) was on my nose they call it like geriatric or something geriatric geriatric mother mother. yeah so that was me um so but they but they they said oh yeah you know you're healthy and everything we can do it for you at home and and you know and I was absolutely adamant I would breastfeed and I wanted to do it all naturally I did natal hypnotherapy I got to I think 36 weeks or so because I'd had a what do they call it placenta previa when your placenta is low down yeah and I went yeah. for an extra scan just to check and they said oh what do you want the good news or the bad news I was like what and they said oh the good news is your placenta's not in the way anymore I said oh good and they said but the bad news is did you know the baby's breech? Oh, God. No. I said, well, the, the midwife just examined me yesterday and she said that the head was down. And they said, no, she's got your baby. Well, I didn't know if it was a girl or a boy at the time, but she said, um, the baby's got a very, very round bottom and it feels just like a head, but we've looked on the scan and it's... So then I went to through everything to try and get her to turn, you know, mm. chi- the special Webster move, like in chiropractic, there's things you can do in the swimming pool and acupuncture and all sorts of things. I tried Threw and they everything tried to turn. At it. <laughs> yeah, they tried to turn her. She wasn't moving. So they said, well... It's up to you. We can't force you to do anything, but we don't recommend you have a home birth, and we said, and we don't recommend. No, we don't recommend you have a, a vaginal delivery, and we certainly don't recommend you have a home birth. And I was like, oh, breaking down because oh, no. you know it means so much to you at the time. Yes, and obviously yeah. now I look back and I think I don't. I, you know, I had a cesarean with joy because she was breech, and whilst that did have some other knock-on effects with different things like breastfeeding and stuff. Um, 
you know, it was just the best thing to do at the time, you know, the safest thing for me and for her. It's funny, isn't it? The pressure that we put on ourselves, like you mentioned, like the pressure to get pregnant naturally, and then the pressure to give birth in a certain way. And I bet now, you know, your children are six and eight. You don't think about those things. Like, I mean, we put pressure on ourselves to breastfeed, like Zoe and I, Mm. and I don't think about that. I haven't thought about it since the day I stopped, to be honest. Like, it's it's more in my head to begin with. When I look at my boobs, I do. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Used to be lovely, those two. Yeah, but you think, why did I I, like mull over this so much? Why did I give so much attention to it and worry about it so much? And now I think, gosh, I wish I hadn't put that pressure on myself and I just enjoyed it a bit more. You know, as a first-time parent, it is just what what we do because we want to do the best we can and so we do put pressure on ourselves and it's really hard to just take it and relax and just go with the flow a little bit and I think when it came round to the second time I also once again decided I would like to try a home birth again you know the whole pregnancy was fine and then I went into labor and the midwife came round to my house and she said mm, no the baby's heart rate's really erratic this is not my skill set you need to go into the hospital so I went in they, and they made me sign the paper to get a cesarean again. And I, I was listening to my natal hypnotherapy track and I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm cool. I'm, you know, I'm good. Whatever happens now. Anyway, in the end, I had him natural delivery. You did in the end? Yeah. So what was the U-turn there? I have absolutely no idea. He just decided all of a sudden that his heart rate was back to normal. The consultants were saying... So we're going to give her an emergency cesarean for something that's not actually happening anymore. So let's just wait and see. And so they they said, we'll, we'll, we'll wait 20 minutes and we'll check you and da, da, da. They just eventually, they said, oh yeah, you look, you're, di- you're dilated and you can you can go for it. And he was born about less than five minutes later. <gasps> you seem very chilled about that, yeah. Jasmine. You seem very, very chilled about that. I think I think if someone had got told me that I had to have a cesarean. And then five I minutes was later so, he was born. Yeah, I think I was so chilled about it. And I, I totally swear by um, natal hypnotherapy because I didn't have any drugs or anything at all. And I, I was just so much more relaxed the second time around with just going with the flow and realising that actually yeah. whatever happens, happens. NATO hypnobirthing, same as uh, same as hypnobirthing. Is, that, is it the, sort of the same process? It's a, yeah, I think hypnobirthing is... Yeah, I think it's the American version. I think probably everybody listening wants to know how you juggle because you've got such yeah. a big career, 18 years on a place in the sun. You've got two, you know, kids under 10. How, how do you fit it all in? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just really bad at juggling, to be honest. I, it means a lot of things don't get done that I plan to get done. Um, I'm absolutely dreadful with time management. I, I'm sure before I had kids, I would identify myself as someone who was super organised, really like on top of everything in my life. Now, I don't know if it's possible to still have baby brain like eight years later, but I definitely am scatty and disorganized and just all over the place sometimes. So I don't really juggle it that well as much as, you know, people might think, oh, she's got it together. (laughs) I I haven't. The one thing that I do insist upon is that when I go away with work, I go away usually on a Sunday and I'm back on a Friday and then I have some time at home. So I don't go away. I wouldn't go away for two weeks, for example, just because, you know, luckily I'm self-employed. So I am able to adjust my schedule so that I'm, I'm only filming 
you know, yeah. for a certain amount of time. So I, I don't want to leave. If I, you know, when I'm during the school holidays, I take them with me and my mum comes or my husband yeah. and um, I go out to work oh, during the day lovely. and then I come back and see them in the evening. Just like, it's like having a normal job. Um, but then when I'm, when they're at school and I have to go away for a week, it's quite hard, but I, I you know, I speak to them every day in the morning and in the evening read them a bedtime story, yeah. sing them a little lullaby to go to bed, you know, on FaceTime. When I'm at home, like this week, I'm at home. I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mum. How do you find that? Like, do you know, like, it's quite a nice balance, isn't it? You know, like going yeah. away and being like completely focused on work and then coming back and being completely focused on parenting. I mean, that sounds quite good to me. I'm very lucky to be able to have that work-life balance um, although whenever I'm away, I'm always saying, oh, I should be at home like last week when You've they closed the, the school. Open. But that's it. And I'm, I was thinking, oh, I should be at home because, you know, I need to be there. The school is closed. And um, but then, you know, when I'm at home and I'm dealing with tantrums and meltdowns and whatever, mm. I'm like, ah, I wish I was back at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grass is, grass is always greener. Um, uh, yeah. Before we say goodbye to you, we would love to hear your absolute diehard products. So things that you use around the house, maybe beauty products for you, things that you love to use on the kids. One thing that I bought, um, I think I bought it at the baby show actually, um, when Joy was born and I still use it, is something called a knee pal. Have you ever heard of oh, it? Oh, never heard no. of that. It's basically foamy sort of thing that you can kneel on, on the side of the bath. So when oh, you're bathing yes. the baby or you're washing That's their hair or whatever. That's such a good idea. It's, it was, um, I don't know. I don't it's amazing. It's amazing. Right. Anyway, I still use it. When I Obviously, they're a bit bigger now so they can bath themselves. But when I'm washing hair, I'm still using the knee pal. So that I've had eight years out of that is brilliant. One thing, another thing that I really, really love is there's an app called Moshi. Have you guys heard of the Moshi app? Oh my yes. God. I love that app because I'll read them a story or they'll do, they'll read me a story or whatever, you know, bedtime, but then they always want another 16 stories. And eventually yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put your moshi on now and you can go to sleep. And they'll, you know, they'll just, I'll go up and check on them five minutes later and they are Sparkle. So it's yeah. it's really great. I love I mean I really love that because I've noticed that the more I stay with them, the more they can string it out. And actually they're yeah, really tired and they need to go yeah. to sleep. So it's a nice sort of gentle way of me saying, you're going to have something nice now. You're going to listen to this and it's relaxation. I've, I started following on Instagram. It's called my Big Life Journal and bought the journal and the parenting tips and how to be, you know, how to keep it together and how to sort of approach issues that you're having in a way that instead of getting your child's back up or making them dig their heels in even more, or maybe help them to find ways to validate their feelings, but also, and um, you know, have empathy yeah. for other people. And so that's really that's really good. I would recommend that. I definitely need that. What do you always have with you when you travel? They only my kids only get their tablets when we travel. So that's the only time they're allowed them is on the plane, and they have like the Amazon Kids Fire yeah, tablets, yeah, which those, are amazing. Yeah, great, um, and they just literally love going on the plane so they yeah. can get that, They've got get that it. screen yeah, exactly. time and that's sort of like a little treat for them and it keeps them quiet and it lets me have a little snooze. But just to finish up, um, what is one piece of advice that you were given as a new mum that you would pass on or a piece of advice you wish you'd been given? I'm just thinking the one that's popped into my head is actually someone said it to me more recently at, rather than when I had a newborn but it really hit home to me and that was Every child has their own personality and my children have got their own 
different ways of doing things. And, you know, one of them is very sensitive and, you know, and I'm always trying to build up their confidence. And, and instead somebody said to me, you know what, if they're sensitive, just let them be sensitive. You know that you don't have to change it. You don't have to, you know, say, we don't want you to be as sensitive. You have to be more resilient to these situations. No, you just accept that, you know, if it's very busy or very overcrowded and very noisy, then your child's going to want to go and take themselves out for five minutes because it's a bit too overwhelming. Why do you need to change that? And I'm like, yeah, but a family do. And then they've gone off to their bedroom on their own. It doesn't, it seems rude. And actually, no, it's not rude. That is just your child. um, Just them. Taking or doing what they need to do rather than having a meltdown or having, so that, you know, rather than, so I would say that piece of advice is not to try and change their personality, accept their personality and help them, give them the tools to deal with situations that they might be finding difficult mm-hmm. without necessarily like compromising their own their self and their own integrity and what they what they are and what they believe in I get that yeah I get that yeah, yeah. it's lovely it's actually I love just that piece of advice yeah thank you yeah it was really it was really great that's all we've got time for you've been an absolute superstar thank you so much for chatting thank to you. us it's oh, been so really nice lovely thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. We can't wait to get back on the sofa and watch you in the afternoons with a nice I cup know. of tea and a biscuit. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs> just makes me want to go on a holiday, though, to be fair. Just even oh talking to her, I just want to book somewhere and escape. <laughs> I know, don't. Like, what a job to have. Like, yeah, seriously, amazing. what a job to have. I know, I, the thing is, you know that it will be hard. There'll be hard parts of it, of course. But it does feel like the dream job right now when you're sitting in Essex with guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really love about her as well is that she's managed to to keep her amazing career going and also yeah. kind of navigate motherhood and you know it's definitely not easy being away when you're on location and you're having to do really yeah. long days and all of that kind of stuff and she's just a really sound normal down-to-earth um you know lady and I just yeah like I, I like you said at the beginning you're like you feel like you know her already yes. so you made us really really easy and loads of great takeaways from that chat as well so we really hope you enjoyed it um as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and please give the podcast a little follow if you can yeah and if you do have any suggestions for guests you'd like to hear from please drop us a dm we're on at made by mamas and we'll be back on friday Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.